take a second and think back to the sex education you had in school. Did it prepare you to have a healthy and happy relationship with sex and identity? If it was anything like mine, it was stigmatizing, judgmental, and totally unhelpful. But not to worry. The experts are here to offer the sex ed we wish we had. Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. We're a feminist podcast and multimedia platform bringing you all the sex ed you never got through unique and entertaining storytelling, centering LGBTQ and BIPOC experts. We cover an array of sex education topics like abortion, period management, sex and disability, pleasure, reproductive justice, healthy relationships, BDSM, birth control, sex in the media, and so much more. We believe that everyone deserves comprehensive, inclusive, pleasure-centered, medically accurate sex education. Follow along with us as we revolutionize the way we talk about sex and tune into Sex Ed with DB wherever you get your podcasts. You know what I used to struggle with? Eating a diet that's nutrient-dense enough for me to get all of my dietary needs met through what I eat alone. I am no longer a passenger on that struggle bus because one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills, because baby, I can't do it. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it just fits. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these times, and they're offering my audience a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, if you visit my link today. So you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. <laughs> to redeem your offer, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. Again, to redeem your offer, of one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, visit athleticgreens.com slash be well sis. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself, sis? I have been well. I have been, um, I've taken it really, really slow. The end of the semester, the, the end of the spring semester has finally come to an end. So I'm done with grading and all of that. Thank goodness. And I have a solid like three weeks where I get to like rest a little bit. And by rest, that means I get to catch up on housework. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> I am going to count my blessings. I realized that um, the past, since January, I've kind of um, ex- like spread myself a little bit too thin. I have said yes to just about everything just to see, um, just to see what I am capable of. And now I learned that, yes, I can do all the things, but do I want to do all the things? Not necessarily. So I, I kind of felt like I had very little free time and I don't like that. So I am proud of myself because usually I would be beating myself up for taking on too much. But now I just realized, well, that was an exercise in seeing what I can do and if I could do it and I can but I don't want to, and that is okay. So 
yay for baby steps and not beating myself up and not being so critical um, to myself. But that is where I have been. I hope that you guys have been doing well. And if you are not in the best space, I hope that the next few moments together will help you feel a little bit better and help you feel a little bit happier. And I hope that you learn something that you can take into your daily life to help you get to where you want to be in terms of your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical life. Um, so today we are talking about, um, we are still on our Black Girl Burnout journey, um, or series rather, um, where it, I was a guest on the Black Girl Burnout podcast hosted by Kelly Rahner. And I really wanted to share the episodes with you because I feel like, A, I love the podcast. Um, Kelly does an amazing job at how she um, just develops conversations um, and I feel like I have always been most of the time, um, the interviewer, and I just wanted to give you insight into, um, my mental, <laughs> into how I see things, um, my journey with my own mental health, emotional health, self-care practices, um, and hopefully you can take something from it. Um, so again, if you are just tuning in for this um, series, um, again, we are, this is a crossover episode essentially where I am the, I am the guest on the Black Girl Burnout podcast, again, who is hosted by Kelly Bonner. And it's a podcast that provides daily healing practices that help Black women opt out of burnout and opt into joy. So this episode, again, is um, it was titled Opt Into Wellness um, on that ep on that podcast. And we're just talking about my whole wellness journey, my burnout journey, how I overcame burnout. And really just I go into the spectrum of health and wellness and even how burnout is on that same spectrum. So um, thank you so much for joining. And actually, before we before I depart and you hear Kelly's voice next, um, I actually ran across something that I want to share with you because I've been thinking about how I my approach to um, life has kind of changed. I, I, I think for me, I was going about things the wrong way. I thought that if I achieved all of the things that I set out to achieve, so if I got the degrees and I did all the things that society says that we should do, that joy and happiness and peace would be a natural byproduct. And what I realized is that is so far from the truth. And I was looking at an article and I wanted to share an excerpt from the article. And the article is from the inspiredroom.net. And I'll actually link it down below in the show notes so that you can take a look at the entire article. But the article says, to bring more joy throughout the day, I suggest focusing attention in three key areas of well-being. Number one is self-care. So take care of your body, mind, and soul. Number two is sanctuary. Create a happy, healthy, and nurturing environment. And three are acts of kindness. Inspire kindness, spread joy, and express gratitude. When we are mindful of our ability to nourish ourselves and our family in these key areas, we become more inspired to take positive action. Finding a life balance that works for you will bring more joy throughout the day, week, and the month. So what I am learning is that joy and peace and happiness and in good health, whether it's physical health, mental health, emotional health, 
really takes intention. It's not going to be a byproduct of anything. We have to make sure that we are doing things that will cause that to happen. Thank you so, so much for joining. If you, um, before we depart and you hear the episode, um, if you can please leave a five-star rating and review um, on whatever streaming app that you are listening on, especially on Apple and on Spotify, I'm able to actually see those and respond to you. Um, Thank you so much for the most recent comment. Let me actually pull it up. So our most recent comment that I can see on Apple Cop Podcast was left um, May 2nd. And it says, thank you for this podcast. A friend shared your cast on ADHD and it was an intriguing listen. It was a little hard to hear when your guest Taylor joined the show. I apologize. I will fix that. Um, thanks again for sharing your insights. And that is from Kiki Love Wins. Thank you, Kiki, so much for leaving a comment. I am taking your feedback into consideration and I will definitely make sure that the audio levels are, are better moving forward. So thank you so much. So if you guys have any um, suggestions, questions, ideas for topics um, or anything, please share it as a comment uh, or a review on either Apple or uh, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify because I can actually see them there. So thank you so much for tuning in. I, as always, am so, so happy that you're here. Be well, sis. Welcome to Black Girl Burnout, Kelly here. And we are back with part two of our three-part series with Dr. Cassandra Dunbar, the host of the podcast, Be Well Sis. If you caught last episode, we talked a lot about the concept of opting out of struggle, both how Dr. Dunbar does that in her day-to-day life and also how we as a community can do that when it comes to concepts like health and wellness in the black community. This episode, though, we dive a little bit deeper into concepts of opting in, right? We always talk about in this podcast, if we're letting something go, if we're opting out of something, we got to be opting into something in exchange. And so to that point, we are talking about how Cassandra opts into joy, opts into the concepts we talk about in her professional life. Stay tuned. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's jump back in with Cassandra Dunbar, host of Be Well Sis, and our conversation about opting into joy. I put my cape down, sorry. Don't I need some boundaries? Because I'm my peace. So, Cassandra, you talked about motherhood. And, and one of the things, first of all, I should tell you, like one of the concepts of this podcast is all about opting out of struggle. And when we talk about opting out of struggle, we really have a, this foundational belief I have is that we as Black women have been taught that our legacy, what we see depicted culturally and in, you know, social media and in the in, in like what we consume on TV and other places is this kind of idea that it just we're meant to struggle. Like mm-hmm. being a black woman is just a struggle fest. Mm-hmm. Right. And you said in your own experiences that part of what stopped you from pursuing like uh, reducing burnout early was that you assumed, well, this is what motherhood is. Right. It's, it's a struggle. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it sucks. I think your phrase was, it sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, that's just what it's supposed to do for a while, right? And so I want to know for you, how does that concept resonate with you about the fact that we can opt out? And what was your journey to saying, 
okay, it's not supposed to be that way. Like there is options. There is ways to opt out of this mentality that struggle is kind of the way it should be. So let's talk a little bit more about why you thought that motherhood would be a struggle and then how you moved yourself to kind of reframing that for Mm -hmm. how you live your life. I think the reason that I felt that motherhood would be a struggle and not only motherhood, just adulthood would be a struggle yeah. because it's it's what I saw as I'm like going through like my mind right now. I don't recall any adults in my life as a child who were like genuinely like happy and joyful and fun. Like when I thought about adulthood, I just think about like being stiff and being like the enforcer of rules and constantly being tired. I remember all the adults around me were constantly physically tired. They also worked multiple jobs. They, there was just no joy. There was no, like, there was no lightness. And I think I internalized that and thought, well, that's kind of like a marker that I'm doing things right in a way. Like if things are hard, well, dang it, welcome. Welcome to motherhood. Welcome to adulthood. And I just was was like, no, this can't be it. Like, you know, hopefully I have a long life ahead of me. It cannot be a long life of this. And I think therapy helped me to identify those like mistruths as well as to figure out, well, what does joy look like for me in motherhood? Like, how can I infuse some joy into that? And also, because I don't want my kids to identify adulthood with struggle, I had to figure out how can I model joy? How how can I model peace? How can I model being flexible? And all of those things to them. Because the first two years of life, of my oldest's life, taught me that He will not listen to most of the things that I say, but he is going to model the things that I do. So it became really important for me to be really honest with myself about the way that I was living my life and how I can make some change. So for me, in terms of motherhood, it really does take a village and it sounds so cliche, but the nuclear family is not going to be it. No, not, no. It's just, it's not enough, you know? You need support. You need all hands on deck if you're going to live a full life, you know? If you have a partner, that's great. But even outside of a partner, you need like aunties and uncles and you need grandparents and you need friends and people to help share, I won't say burden, I'll share the wealth of having children (laughs) because I found that I lost myself in motherhood and I want to I wanted to find who is the fun cast again. It won't be the same as 20-year-old cast, and that's fine, but there has to be some happiness to be found here. And it came with seeking my village and communicating. So I had to opt in to my village and opt into communication. I cannot keep everything inside. I have to speak to people who have been there before to get their experience and get their advice, as well as just speaking. If I need help, there are people who want to help me, but they cannot help me if I don't tell them that I need help. So that is how I am no longer part of that struggle life because no, I need help and it's okay. It's not weakness to to need help. Be Well Sis is very much an advocate for therapy and I believe that you don't have to be in crisis in order to seek help and get support. Life is complicated. We all wear many hats and sometimes it can be overwhelming. 
Starting therapy years ago has been pivotal in helping me be a better mother, daughter, and partner. It's truly been a game changer in how I view myself and the world around me. So Be Well Sis is proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform whose mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anywhere and anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. That's BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. So much to unpack there. Woo! So much to unpack. <laughs> I'm super excited. Just from this, the point of the fact that whether we know it or not, we're creating legacies, whether we admit it. Either we've learned a legacy or we've learned behavior from our families, which we do, right? Mm-hmm. The, down to the, the part of you saying that you – didn't see any adults around you who were joyful. More to come on that. You saw, you you didn't just think motherhood would be a struggle. You assumed adulthood would be a struggle. And that was reflected back to you by the people around you who were exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I think so many women listening to this podcast can relate to that one relate to currently feeling exhausted, which I'm sure at times everybody feels. So that that's like one bucket of things to unpack, and then kind of moving into how you realize that acknowledging that it has to be more than this, right? That there's a possibility this can't be right. The inability to see yourself in your own life and then take the kind of choices that you made is so powerful. And when we apply that to even health in Black women, right? So based upon that, you saw that in your own life with motherhood, but you're also a medical doctor at one point. You're now in academia, right? Mm -hmm. How do you see different points of struggle that black women may have when it comes to health and of course wellness like to the concept of wellness where do you mm-hmm. think that struggle is what do you think some lessons we've learned about wellness and health that are not great and where do you see day to day i'm sure you saw as you practice a little bit mm-hmm. some repeating themes mm-hmm. um i think the repeating theme that i saw was a lack of communication within families so for example if we're talking about like fibroids uterine fibroids are really common in our community unfortunately and what I would find is that somebody's mother had it, their sisters have it, their aunties have it, but they still really don't understand what it is. So people are having hysterectomies in their families and all types of other major surgeries, but they're not really talking about like, what is the condition? How does it affect you? What this life's changing um surgery, like what the implications are of it. Like nobody's really talking to each other about it, but they've all heard about it. And I think that is something that really, it saddens me for lack of a better term, because it leaves us ignorant where we shouldn't be. I think now our generation is doing a much better job of talking with each other and not just dealing with things on our own. But when it comes to our health, we just don't talk enough within our own families. And I I think sometimes it might be for the older generations that they just didn't know, Um, especially the way medicine was more commonly practiced then is that like the doctor said this was going to happen and it just happened. You weren't given much of a choice or autonomy in your care. But yeah, I think just us not talking about things, just accepting them as well. It just happens and that's it. Also with things that are uh, even more common in both genders. So like um, high blood pressure and diabetes. So it's like, okay, everybody in my family has it. And that's that. Like there's just no 
it's just accepting um, something so hard without taking a communicating and like and B also like well what can I do to make things a little bit better or or different like how is how can I make my case a little bit different so that lack of communication there is how I see it it pan out yeah that's brilliant because when you talk about particularly around the connection with just in general health in general but the fibroid piece I think it still goes back to this expectation of struggle. Mm. I think a lot of the conversations don't happen within communities and within mother to to daughter to grandmother to mother to daughter is mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, yeah, that's life. Like if yep. you ever, you know, you've witnessed your family, I'm sure, minimize their own pain yes. as a kind of like resignation. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. Periods are terrible. Moving yep. on. like you, And so there isn't a preparation or an understanding or an advocacy to have something or do something different because it's an expectation that this is just baseline. Pain is a baseline part of life. Mm -hmm. And that to me has always been surprising in my own journey and my own expectation as someone who has fibroids Mm -hmm. and who struggles with that and has other health complications. The expectation that that is just part of, again, probably part of the whole adulthood conversation being a struggle. Mm -hmm. And then second to that, these huge community illnesses, we'll call mm-hmm. them, right? Which is that diabetes is rampant in the Black community. So mm-hmm. is unchecked uh, cholesterol and heart heart disease correlations to that. All of those things, you know, they run through the community. And so it becomes this expectation yeah, that, well, I'm just going to be a diabetic. My mom's yep. a diabetic. My dad's a diabetic. My grandmother's a diabetic. Diabetes is just what's mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. I think we're moving a little bit out of that. I do see a lot more Black women being more optimistic or at least looking for alternative answers for their health. But it's still in the bedrock of our existence that certain illnesses are just expected Mm -hmm. to be your legacy. That's your inheritance. Like Mm -hmm. when I get a certain age, it's all downhill. Here comes the diabetes. Here comes the sugar. And here comes, you know, terrible fibroids. And here comes Mm -hmm. this issue. And there isn't an expectation of things being different. And so how do you think you could, like you could, what's the conversation need to be for Black women to shift away from that as a reality Mm -hmm. to to even begin, we don't even know what we're opting into, but even just to begin the conversation of opting out, like saying, no, this isn't, this can't mm-hmm. be correct. I, I think you you kind of said it, you know, like in terms of legacy, no, it's not your legacy. What I always try to tell my students who are going to be health professionals one day, I always say it is a risk factor. So if your parents have, have whatever, that doesn't mean that you are destined to have it yourself. You have an increased risk of having it. You are more likely to have it. But there are some things that we can control. Whatever we can control, let's take control of that thing so that we don't have to um, have that same thing. And then if it is something that, unfortunately, we do um, inherit from our parents, let's learn more about it. Um, I always tell this story about how when I was in medical school, I one of the jobs that I worked was... Um, today for, for school was I worked at a call center for insurance. And so the job was like, I would take inbound calls for people, this pre-Obamacare, but um, people were trying to get private insurance. So during that time you had to um, disclose all of your, your issues, right? Like your health conditions. And I would talk to so many older women who had major surgeries and had no idea what was removed, let alone the diagnosis. 
And I think it's so important for us just to become educated and to speak to each other. And like you said, I think we're doing a really good job of that. Like our generation is really like really well informed about our health and our wellness. Um, but I think maybe we need to like go backwards and talk to our parents and, and aunties and like educate them about what's really going on with them. Um, yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think we don't have this conversation and we don't even know what our parents may be having. If you have that mm -hmm. dynamic with your parents or even just the elders, so to speak, in <laughs> your life, whether it's a mentor, kind of checking in on them. And I do think that we've become more, we, we're not gatekeeping anymore. I think social media for it's pros and cons. We're not gatekeeping information as much as we used to. So people are getting on, you know, TikTok and saying, yeah, this is what a period's supposed to be like. And this mm -hmm. is how you're supposed to put like, a, you know, a, mm -hmm. a tampon and all these things that before were like, Ugh, you know, we never knew or didn't feel comfortable with. People are just out here saying, well, that's what we're going to talk about. And I think that has helped. There's a, there's no longer a wall to get information you get, yes. I mean you want to make sure who you get it from right. and that they're educated but there is no longer this wall since the internet where you don't know what to expect or what are the risk factors so I do I think that is a great step in that journey to opting out thanks again for listening to this episode of the be well sis podcast for more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.